Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another, another Tough Truth Podcast. I'm Mr. Jonathan Edward Reif. just like to say a Merry Christmas to all my listening and viewing audience. Uh, it's been about three weeks since I've been here. It just seems like an eternity. It seems like it's been so long, I don't even know if I know what I'm doing anymore on here. <laughs> we'll just trust God will uh, give us the uh, wisdom and the, uh, the unction and the anointing to present this word. Today I want to talk about Octo. Um, it's an interesting subject, Octo. But before we get into that, I want to go to the Lord in prayer and just ask Him to anoint my mind and my words. He'll anoint your ears that you may hear, and we may grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go to prayer. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful day. God, it's cold here in the state of Ohio. We've just come out of a major winter storm. There's snow and there's cold, but the sun is out again, once again on a Sunday. And I thank you, Lord, for this sunshine, Lord. I pray, God, that you anoint the ears of those who are listening, those who are watching, God, whether it may be by Facebook Live, YouTube, Rumble, or the audio podcast, Lord. I pray that you anoint their ears to hear. Give me, God, the wisdom and the ability to speak as oracles of you to this audience, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 I just thank you for being here and uh, joining in on this teaching. It's going to be a good time in the Lord. I trust I can get through all this in uh, one setting, but I don't know yet. So we'll get going on it and we'll see what happens. Uh, there's been a lot that's happened in the last three weeks, personally to me, and that's been all good. And uh, it's just a glorious time to be alive and uh, the holiday season, family, but also no there are those out there who are hurting. Um, this is a hard time. I've been there. I understand uh, the grief, uh, loss, um, all of it. And I just pray for each individual, wherever you may be, whether you're in the United States of America or you're in some other foreign land uh, other than the United States, that God will be there to comfort you. The Holy Spirit will be there to comfort you. You'll feel the Lord's love. May heaven come down and be with you today and comfort you in your grief, in your sorrow, and in your loss. And I know that God will do that. He's done that for me. And He can do that for you. And I trust that He will. As a text today, I want to look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Remember, the subject is octo. Octo means eight. Okay? It means eight. That's what it means. And I know there's been some of them wondering, why you got that eight on eight ball on your cover photo, Jonathan, on Facebook? Why you know why you been talking about eight? Why you been putting eight on your reels? And eight means new beginnings. It means born again and it means resurrection. It's a glorious thing. Eight is a glorious thing. I got a gentleman watching from Mozambique. I see my mom's tuning in from just downstairs. So I've got a little bit of everything going on here. Um, <laughs> oh, it's glorious. It's the, the internet is just awesome. The outreach. Eight means new beginning, born again in resurrection, and and it's such an awesome number, and it's got biblical uh, confirmation. There's so many uses of of the number eight in the Bible, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Hopefully, I can get through all this. If not, we'll pick right back up in a couple weeks. Let's look at the Old Covenant first. 
Now remember, octo is means eight, and it's new beginnings, born again, or resurrection. There are eight steps of creation in Genesis chapters one through three in the old covenant. So that shows you right there that when God created the heavens and the earth, that there were there was eight steps of creation. God is a God of order and of structure. In the Old Testament, the circumcision was on the eighth day. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at Leviticus 12.3. Leviticus 12.3. I got a little bit of Christmas music playing in the background. I don't know if you can hear that or not. To kind of set the mood. just want to say Merry Christmas again to everyone who's tuning in. Uh, come aboard and we'll be listening in a delay whether you're watching it or listening to it I just uh, wish you a very very Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to come this this teaching uh, incorporates new beginnings concept of a new year an exciting year to come in 2023 as we as we step out of 2022 into 2023 we're gonna believe for new beginnings we're gonna believe those things that died will be resurrected we believe that God is a God of new beginnings. And it's all throughout Scripture. Let's look at take take a look at Leviticus chapter 12, verse 3. And in the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Now it's talking about circumcision in the old covenant. Okay. For the male children. So eight again is very important. Now we know that the Old Testament circumcision no longer is valid as a, a means of a of an order or a commandment from the Lord but the, the New Testament teaches that there's a circumcision of the heart when I say hello to Dennis Dennis I just seen you pop on there God bless you brother God bless you I pray everything's going well with you there let's look at first Peter 320 now this is this is this is in the New Testament but it's relating back to the old covenant 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. This is another use of 8. We're talking about 8 today. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. Now this is talking about Noah in the ark. It says, Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, we know Noah's ark is a representation of the new birth, of, of divine protection, of God resurrecting something out of, out of cataclysmic situation. So we see here in 1 Peter 3.20, another example of eight. Eight saved on the ark. Abraham had eight sons. Now I'm going to probably butcher some of these. I, most of them I think I can say. Ishmael, Isaac, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. So Abraham had eight sons. And Abraham was a patriarch. He was the father of, you know, father of us all, the Bible says father of faith so again we can see in the old testament the old covenant how important eight was and we're talking about octo today octo 
If you look it up, Google it. Google it. It means eight. That's what it means. And the deeper definition of that is new beginnings, born again, or resurrection. I just want to welcome those who stopped in. I see there's a couple of folks, more folks that have stopped in. I God bless you, wherever you may be. I know some of them are local and some of them are not so local. And uh, just so, so uh, blessed to have you here on a Christmas day, hearing the teaching of the Word of God. And we're talking about Octo today from Kenya. So I got Mozambique, I got Kenya, I got uh, Bucyrus, Ohio represented here, just not too far from here. Uh, just blessed, just blessed to have those jumping in. I see my sweethearts jumping in from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, baby, I love you with all my heart. And uh, we're talking about Octo. We're talking about Octo. It's uh, eight, and it's a new beginning, born again, and resurrection. So we've went through, I've showed you that there's eight steps of, crea eight steps of creation. Talked about the Old Testament. The circumcision was on the eighth day. Eight saved were, on, were saved on the ark. Abraham had eight, eight sons. The Feast of Tabernacles is eight days long. Let's take a look at uh, Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23. And let's go to uh, verse 33. Leviticus 23, verse 33 through 39. Feast of Tabernacle is eight days. And the Lord spake, verse 33, unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days in the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no civil work therein, so on and so forth. And if you study out, I won't read all those verses, but if you study out, you find out the Feast of Tabernacles lasted eight days. And uh, that's another use. It's it's God. God's a God of order and structure. He does things for a reason. He, he, he uses numbers. We're not talking about numerology. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the God of the universe having order and structure. Okay? And there are important dates, and there are important numbers, and there are important days that God sets aside. Feast of Tabernacles was eight days. Nisan, 17, which was the eighth day, okay? That was the eighth day, eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It means first fruits or new beginnings. First fruits or new beginnings. Examples of things that happened on Nisan or Nisan, I hope I'm not butchering that. 17th, which was the eighth day, was Noah's Ark, as I just mentioned. The Hebrews entered into Egypt. Okay, when they went under Egyptian bondage, the Red Sea parted. There were first fruits of promised land on the eighth day. There was the cleansing of the temple by Hezekiah in the Old Covenant. And Queen Esther saved the Jews on Nisan 17th, which is the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. So you see how important eight is. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a born again, resurrected new beginning. Now this really takes uh, importance and really comes alive when you take a look at the New Covenant. Okay, I've just given you some Old Covenant representations. Let's take a look at some, some examples in the New Covenant of Octo, of eight, of New Beginnings. We have what they call, what I was speaking of earlier about uh, the children being circumcised, circumcision of the flesh. If you're reading the Book of Romans, the Book of Hebrews, so on and so forth, it talks about how the Old Covenant circumcision now is represented by a circumcision of the heart in the New Covenant. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 2. 
Romans chapter 2. Let's take a look at verses 28 through 29. And we'll see a representation of this, of a new beginning, of Octo. Okay, we're looking at 28 and 29 of Romans chapter 2. And I'm in Romans chapter 1. That's not going to work, Jonathan. Okay, here we go. It says, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, that I was talking about a little bit ago. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So there, there, there is a new beginning. There is an octo. There is an eight, represented in the New Testament. When you're born again, when you receive Christ. Let's, look, let's take a look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Verses 11 through 13, Colossians chapter 2. We got, this has been pretty nice today. I mean, it's cold out, but at least the sun came out. Uh, it's been pretty miserable here in Ohio for the last two or three days. Um, we had that major storm go through, and it... Uh, it was bad. It, it was windy and snowy and just downright cold, like minus 20, minus 30 wind chills. And we're still, I mean, in like 10, 11 degrees here and wind chills probably down in, you know, um, single digits negatively. Uh, it's, it's not real nice, but <laughs> I just thank the Lord for the sunshine. Uh, I want to welcome James. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother, for joining in. We're just talking about Octo. We're talking about Octo, New Beginnings. Uh, the number, the significance of the number eight throughout Scripture, and how important it is. And we're right now we're dealing with the new covenant, the circumcision of the heart, not the circumcision of the flesh, but of the heart. And we just looked at Romans chapter two, twenty-eight and twenty-nine, and now we're in Colossians chapter two, and we're looking at eleven through thirteen in Colossians chapter two. This is another scripture concerning this. It says, "In whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh." by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Now remember I said, one of the, the meanings of the word uh, of octo, or eight, was resurrection. We see it right here in this verse. Verse 13, And you being dead in your sins, and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. So there's a new beginning. There's, there's a significance of a new beginning and of the number eight in the New Testament. The born-again experience. The born-again experience. That's an awesome, awesome truth in the Word of God. Something else that's quite interesting. If you take the name Jesus and you transliterate it in Greek, it means Christ the Redeemer, but it comes out to 888. In Greek transliteration, three eights. We've all we've all heard of the mark of the beast or the mark of mankind of six six six. Well, Jesus' name transliterates in the Greek to Christ the Redeemer, eight eight eight. So there's another another significance in the New Testament. See how important eight is. See how God's weaving a web throughout the the old and the new covenant, showing us just how important eight is. Um, and it's such a Blessed number, and it's such a blessed truth. And the other numbers represent 
something too. And maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But uh, this being getting ready to go into the new year, uh, be the end of a season and stepping into a new season. I'm stepping into a new season in my life and I'm so excited. Uh, such a truth to me right now um, that how good God is. When things look, you think about when, when Jesus died, everything was sad. You know, everything, everything appeared, appeared to be over. And he resurrected. And there was a new beginning. But the old had to die for the new to live. The old covenant had to, for the new, new covenant to come in. See what I'm saying? That's the significance of a new beginning, of a resurrection. And that's the significance of the number eight. So never look at the number eight again differently. You know, I was thinking about something else. and I had this in my notes and then I just dropped it out. But the Holy Spirit just kind of reminded me. If you take and you write the number eight, you have to go every direction on the compass to write that number and it stays within itself think about that you're going every direction to write that there's no other number like that there's no other number like that and it's just so significant uh, how important that number is and how God just weaves things in and uh He's, he's, he's making a statement. He's making a statement in Scripture, in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Jesus was resurrected on Nisan 17, which I just talked about, in the Old Covenant. First fruits and new beginnings, which was the eighth day. So there's another, another significant eighth day event in the New Covenant, the most significant event in the Word of God. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was on the eighth day was on the eighth day. And isn't that awesome? Isn't that an awesome truth to know that? Jesus showed himself eight times after the resurrection, according to Scripture. That's very, very important. He was making a statement, and, and it said Scripture, again, was reiterating that importance of eight, of new beginnings, of resurrection, of a new life to come. And you, my brother and sister, if you're watching me today, listening to me, whether it's live or it's, you know, it could be months from uh, December 25th, 2022. If you haven't received that new life, you can receive that new life today. You can receive a new life in Jesus Christ. It is available to you. And I'm here for you if you'd like to message me. Feel free to message me on Facebook, Jonathan Edward Bryce, and uh, I will talk to you and, uh, and uh, lead you to the Lord. And we'll have a prayer before this uh, podcast is over with, and uh, we'll just believe that God will do great things and touch lives, and those who have not received Christ will receive Christ. We'll just believe that in the name of Jesus Christ for today. Let's take a look. I may not even get a full hour in today. I'm just going to go through this and just let the Lord uh, let the Lord lead, and it'll be as long as it is. But uh, I've been sitting on this for about three weeks. <laughs> it's I've been pretty busy and things have been happening, and uh, I kept on thinking, okay, I'll do it this time, and it was like, no, this don't work. And I announced, well, I'll do it this day, and I just finally decided, no, I need to wait and just do it on Christmas. So finally getting to do it, and. Uh, 
that's been ready for quite some some time. Somebody said they have a network problem here. I'm not exactly sure. Must be an internet issue. I see somebody commenting on the screen. I pray that uh, in Jesus' name that that gets straightened out, brother. You're able to hear and see this uh, podcast. In Jesus' name. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 8. We're going to kind of camp out here. Now this is where I really wanted to go today. This is eight keys to new life. Eight keys to new life. New beginning, resurrected life, new time, stepping out of an old season into a new season. Okay? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let me get in the right chapter. I'm chapter 1. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. There just happens to be eight things listed there. And those are your eight keys to new life. Eight keys to new life in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Remember, we're talking about octo today. We're talking about new beginnings. We're talking about resurrection. We're talking about new life. We're talking about a season change. As we get ready to step out of 2022 into 2023, we're talking about a season change. There's a season change going in my life, and I'm so thankful for it. And God has a season change for you. He has a season change for you in Jesus' name. And you can step into that. You can step into that in Jesus' name. Let's take a look, number one, at the truth aspect that's first mentioned there. Whatsoever things are true in Philippians chapter 4. Let's take a look at John chapter 1, 17. John chapter 1. This is the book of St. John, chapter 1, verse 17. Got a little bit of Charlie Brown music going on in the background there. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I got Charlie Brown music playing in the background. That's different. I've never had that before. But uh, I got some Christmas piano music in the background, and they're playing Charlie Brown. So we'll have some Charlie Brown on here. It says in John chapter one, verse seventeen. For the law was given by Moses. Remember, we talked about the Old Covenant and the law a little bit ago. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So one of the eight keys of new life in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, is walking in truth, accepting truth. How do you get that truth? You get that truth through accepting Jesus Christ. Through accepting Jesus Christ. That's how you Step in. One of the eight keys to new life is to accept Jesus Christ because he is truth according to the word. Let's look at verse or chapter 16, 33 in that same book, John. We use a lot, a lot of scripture. I like to use a lot of scripture. I let scripture interpret scripture. I'm not real big on these folks that take isolated passages from the Bible and they make entire doctrines and sometimes entire dominations and churches out of it. Then they don't balance it out with the rest of the entirety of the Word of God. 
Okay, let's use let's use the entirety word of God. Let's, let the word speak for itself. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Line upon line, precept upon precept, the Bible says. That is how the word of God works. John 16, 13. John 16, 13. Okay, we're talking about the truth aspect in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, as one of the one the first key to new life and to a new beginning. It says in that verse, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So if you want a new life, if you want to step into newness, things to come, you got to walk in truth. You have to walk in truth according to the Word of God. You have to receive Christ, and then you have to receive the Holy Spirit, and you become the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you, if you become directed and led by the Holy Ghost, He will lead you into new life, new beginnings, octo, resurrection. Okay? So, that's the first step in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. That's the first one, truth. The second one is honesty. Honesty, or honest, whatsoever is honest. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 10. You can't be dishonest and backhanded and uh, what's the word I want to say? Untruthful. It's the opposite of truth. And expect God to lead you in a new life. You have to be honest. According to Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. That's another eight of the eight keys to new life is honesty. Let's look at Proverbs 10.9. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Okay? He that walketh upright walketh surely, but he that per perverteth his ways shall be known. So if you're not honest, it's going to be found out. And you can't expect to have uh, positive things happening to you if you're doing underhanded things, if you're not being honest and you're not being transparent before the Lord and transparent to others. That's uh, very, very important. And that's, a, that's one of the eight keys to new life in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's look at another verse, backing that up. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 25. Okay. Wherefore, putting away, lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we're to put away lying. We're, we're supposed to be honest. And remember I said, honest before God and honest to each other. You can't expect the blessings of God to be in your life. You can't expect to live that resurrected life. You can't expect that octo life, if I can say it that way, to be in full effect if you're being dishonest, if you're conning, if you're not being truthful, if you're not being transparent, you can't expect it. You have to get transparent, honest, and open to God, and you have to be open and honest to other individuals in order to step into that new life. Another aspect 
in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, is just. Whatsoever is just. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Let's look at verse 17. Whatsoever is just. Now we're talking about eight keys. Eight keys to new life. Eight keys to new beginning. Eight keys to stepping into what God's got for you. Okay? These are, these are behaviors. These are operating in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I can say that. Being led, being filled, and operating not only in the power and the giftings of the Holy Ghost, but in the fruit of the Spirit. And letting God transform your life and change you. And you will walk in new life and you will walk in resurrection as you step in from step out of 2022 into 2023 i pray god does this work in you and begins to change your heart change your mind and begins to use you in a powerful way in these aspects that i'm talking about and you see you see a new beginning and a resurrection you see an octo if i could say that in your life this coming year Let's look at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. We're talking about just. Just. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. So those are all aspects of someone who's walking in, in new life, who's, who's operating in the direction of the Holy Spirit and the commandments of Jesus Christ. These are the, these are the things that somebody will do. That's a just person. They'll, they'll seek judgment. They'll relieve the oppressed. They'll judge the fatherless and they'll plead for the widow. Because they're walking in just. They're walking in justice. According to Isaiah 1.17. Let's take a look at Psalm 106.3. Psalm 106.3. Psalm so if you got somebody saying that they they want to see their life change, they want to walk in newness of life, they, they want something different in 2023, and they're stingy, and they're not giving of themselves. They're not, you know, giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure. Uh, they're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. They're not uh, helping anybody. Buddy, they're just sitting around in their house, just kind of vegetating and thinking somehow things are just going to come up roses. According to the scripture, that's not the case. That's not the case. That's not that's not one of the keys to new life is to sit around and vegetate. Unfortunately. If you want to see change, you got to operate in change, in Jesus' name. Psalm 106.3. 106.3. Well, sounds like an FM radio station. Psalm 106.3. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. So if you want new life, you want to be blessed, as we step into this next year, as we step out of 2022 into 2023, you need to walk in justice, and you need to walk in proper judgment. And, and you will be blessed, according to Psalms 106.3. Blessed are thee that keep judgment, and he that doth righteousness at all times. So we need to do righteousness. We need to be just. We need to, to do the commandments of the Lord. The, the Lord told, told us to get out in the highways and the byways. He told us to, to feed the hungry. He told us to visit those in prison. He told us to minister to those in need, to the, to the orphan and the widow. He told us to do all those things. And... If we do not obey his commandments, we can't expect to walk in newness of life. We're fooling ourselves. We can't just sit around and, well, so-and-so will do it. 
Now he commanded every, each and every one of us to get out there. Go ye, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That is the commandment of the Lord. The next key to new life, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, whatsoever is pure. Whatsoever is pure. Colossians 3, 5. Let's take a look at Colossians 3, 5. Colossians 3, 5. Hey, come on here. There we go. Colossians 3, 5. We're talking about purity. It says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil, con con never how you say that, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is adultery. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on children of disobedience. So we have to seek purity in life. We have to seek a pure walk. We have to seek what God has for us according to his word. We are to abstain, you know, from habitual sin, from walking in habitual sin. If God convicts you of something, you need to stop and turn. The Bible, that, that's what that means. It means to turn and go the opposite direction and stop doing it. If you're convicted in, in, in God, and it's in the Word of God, then that's purity, according to the Bible. We walk in purity. We walk in newness of life, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Let's take a look at James chapter 1. Verse 27. Well, that guy's always singing in the background, isn't he? <laughs> I got this on some random playlist. It's supposed to be piano music, but uh, must have a little singing thrown in there. James chapter 1, 27. It says, Pure religion, okay, we're talking about purity, and undefiled before God and the Father is this. And this sounds a lot like the scripture I just read in Isaiah. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So if we want to walk newness in life, we have to operate in the love and the, in the character and spirit of Christ and, and reach out and touch those who need help, okay? And also remain pure in our own walk and abstain from, you know, sinful behavior and do as God has commanded us to do and walk in his covenant and his word and his truths and we can expect to walk in newness of life, and we can expect to see change, and we can expect to see good things happen to us. That doesn't mean that it's always going to come up cupcakes and candy. That doesn't mean that you're still not going to have negative stuff come into your life, but you'll have the grace. Grace is two things, okay? It's unmerited favor, okay? It's, un, it's unmerited favor, but it's also an, an endowment of power to live your life. Divine enablement. Grace is unmerited favor and divine enablement. That's the two aspects of grace. So if you walk in, in, in these truths, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, you will also walk in purity in Jesus' name. In that scripture, Philippians 4, 8, it talks about whatsoever is lovely. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians. This is a very familiar passage. We walk in love. But that can be hard. That can be hard sometimes to walk in love. Uh, I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a human being, as a believer, is, is to walk in love. And when someone hurts you, someone uh, belittles you, someone backbites you, somebody uh, misrepresents you, it's real easy to want to jump in and uh, vindicate yourself. But the Bible teaches that we're to walk in love. 
and that we turn it over to Christ and we allow Christ to handle the situation and we release ourselves, we forgive that person and we release ourselves from it. Okay, unforgiveness doesn't hurt the other person, it hurts yourself. Ultimately, it holds you. It holds you in a prison. But if you walk in love and you allow the love of Christ, it, it isn't something you conjure. It isn't something you make up. It's it's a power that, that you have no... Uh, in your own self, you can't produce it. It's supernatural. It's the love of the Lord. It allows you to just, when you're being, you know, uh, mistreated and abused and misunderstood, it allows you to just kind of just kind of goes off of you like water on a duck's back uh, when you give it to God when you operate in his love you think about how Christ acted you think about how Christ acted during uh, during the whole crucifixion and all of it he said there was no guile found in him there was no no words of guile that came out of his mouth and I can't imagine you know some of us would do in that same situation in our flesh you know when he was totally innocent of everything. The Bible says he was without sin. He was without sin. When you think about that, that's such a truth of the Word of God. So we're talking about whatsoever is lovely. Focus on whatsoever is lovely. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and it's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It seeks not her own. It's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Okay? Thinketh no evil. And then it goes on and says, Rejoice not in the but rejoice in truth, so on and so forth. So, operating in love is one of the eight keys to new life, to a new beginning, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We're talking about octo today. We're talking about new beginnings. We're talking about resurrection. We're talking about new life. We're talking about walking in new life. We're talking about first fruits, okay, of a new life. And you can have that today. In Jesus' name. But it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes a changing. It takes a turning. It takes a wanting to walk in a new way. And you've always walked. Walking in love is very difficult. It's, it's, it's not something that we naturally want to do. And uh, it takes the power of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit to do so. Another thing that it mentions there is number six. This is the sixth key to new life. Is whatsoever is a good report. Let's look at Exodus 23.1. Exodus 23.1. Exodus 23.1. We're talking about Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, the eight keys to new life, and we're on number 6, which is good report. Exodus 23, verse 1. Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Okay? So we need to, to not report things falsely. We do not falsify things. We do not mislead. We do not misguide. We do not uh, uh, try to pull one over on somebody or something and expect to be blessed, expect to walk in newness of life. We have to be honest and open, and we have to follow whatsoever is of a good report. Let's look at another scripture in the New Testament that verifies this. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. So it can't be underhanded. You can't be like the government. Oh, I didn't say that, did I? Um, and expect to be blessed. 
Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were... Hold on a minute. Am I in the right verse? Hold on a second here. Matthew 4, 24. I'm looking for a scripture. The scripture I'm looking for, I'm not seeing it on here. I may have written it down wrong. I'm wondering if it's maybe Mark or something. But it talks about how what Jesus did was a good report, okay? The things that he did when he healed the sick, uh, cast out devils, uh, uh, preached the, the kingdom of God, that was a good report. I don't know that I got the right scripture down in my notes for some reason. But that's what... I was looking for it to, to, to find, and it's mentioned. It's mentioned in the, in the Synoptic Gospels. I just have it down wrong for some reason. But that's what I was looking for. It's a good report. Um, the Bible talks about the things that Jesus did were a good report. There was a good report. It was reported among the land, I mean, the things that he did. And that's what we can do. We can be known as as someone who walks in faith, someone who does the commandments of the Lord, someone who steps out and walks in the Holy Spirit and walks in, in, in God's presence and walks in the truth of the Word of God, then we can have a good report in Jesus' name. The seventh aspect that I want to talk about is virtue. Virtue. It talks about that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's go back and look at Philippians 4, 8 real quick, just to reiterate before I make this next point. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, we already talked about things, that whatsoever things are honest, we talked about that. Whatsoever things are just, we talked about that. Whatsoever things are pure, we talked about that. Whatsoever things are lovely, we, just, we talked about that. And we just talked about whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, that's the seventh. If there be any virtue, let's look at Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and let's look at verses 11 through 12. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So that word virtue means whatever is of godliness, whatever other is of godly order, abstain from the worldly lust and to live soberly before the Lord whatsoever things are virtue to think on those things you could also talk about the aspect of when when uh, <clears throat> Jesus was touched uh, the woman with the issue of blood he felt virtue go out of him that means power okay so eight keys to new life is the walk in the newness of, of the Lord and in godliness and that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. That comes being from being filled and endued by the power of the Holy Spirit. The virtue, that's what the virtue was that left Christ when the woman with the issue of blood touched him. He felt virtue go out of him. Okay, that's the anointing. That's the presence of God. So the Lord wants us to walk in that, in that newness of life in Jesus' name. And the final, the final key According to Philippians 4.8, is whatsoever is praise, whatever is of, of praise, praiseworthy. Let's look at Psalm 42. Psalm 42. 
I trust that you had a uh, blessed Christmas, um, that you've enjoyed spending time with your family, that you've had an awesome time in the Lord, and, uh, and just that you're excited about this year to come. I'm extremely excited. I'm extremely excited about this year to come. And uh, I just believe for good things. In Jesus' name, for everyone that's watching and listening, for everyone that isn't watching and listening, I'm just praying uh, a blessing upon all those who obey the Word of God and walk in the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, God is a good God. Psalm 42, verse 11. It says, Why art thou cast down on my soul? We're talking about praise. We're talking about praise as being the eighth key to new life in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And right now we're in Psalm 42, 11. Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and of my God. Now this is David, like, uh, what's the word I want to say? He's, he's uh, down. He's going through it and he's in a valley, but he's saying to himself, I'm going to walk in praise. I'm going to praise the Lord anyway. I'm going to walk in newness of life anyway. I'm going to get out of this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So we have to have that attitude. We have to have that attitude of praise, and that's hard. I talked about how hard it is to walk in love. It's very extremely hard to, when things are going bad, and when, when all hell's breaking loose, so to speak, to, to be able to praise the Lord, that's hard. That's extre it's extremely hard, and I would never try to say that it's an easy thing to do. Uh, I've had to do it. I've had to do it in my life, and many of you have too. And when you do that, you see a change. You just, when your attitude changes and your outlook changes, um, depression and the devil and evil will get you to, to look at all the negatives of the world and be hopeless. But if you focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you focus on newness of life, if you focus, focus on the resurrection, if you focus on heavenly things, you'll be praising him and you walk in praise according to Psalms 42.11. Let's look at a New Testament scripture that backs that up. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. We was in Colossians a little bit ago. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Almost got another year. It's coming and gone. It's hard to believe that it's Christmas already. It's just amazing how fast time is flying by. I know it's still, you know, it's time is time, but it, it just seems like that it's speeding up. It just seems like it's speeding up. Colossians chapter 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So see how important praise is? Praise is extremely important. Not only to benefit yourself, but to benefit others, according to the scripture. If we operate in praise, we'll walk in newness of life. Things won't be so dark. Things won't be so scary. Things won't be so uh, pre-resurrection. We won't just be in the crucifixion aspect of life, but we'll see the resurrection according to the Word of God. So that's just awesome. Isn't that an awesome truth? The eight keys to new life in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We're talking about Octo today. That's what we've been talking about. And uh, I've just talked about the different aspects in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant of eight and how God used the number eight. And that number eight means new beginnings. And the word octo means eight. And eight means new beginnings or resurrection. 
and it's very, very uh, key and important to God. God's a God of order and structure. And uh, we, we've looked at the aspects in the Old Covenant, we looked at the aspects in the New Covenant, examples of the, of the number eight, and then I've just went into the eight keys to new life in Philippians 4, 8. And I'm gonna finish up here with just some examples of it, just some random examples of eight, and just some random thoughts that I've put down in my notes concerning this. Um, there was 40 different authors of scripture. 40 is the product of five, which is grace, and eight is new beginnings, okay? The New Testament was written by eight different authors. Eight is the start of the new week. And eight is seven plus one. That's perfection. Seven, seven means perfect. Plus one equals eight, beginning of a new era. Okay? That's just some, just some examples of eight, some random examples of eight. The old must die for the new to begin. The old must die for the new to begin. You think about that. There's such a truth in that. That's true of the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant had to, to be done away with and the New Covenant came in. Christ had to die for to be resurrected in the new life. We have to die to be resurrected in the new life. See how that works? And that's what the, the number eight means. It's new beginnings and resurrection. You have to be willing to start over. No matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you've made in 2022, you can see a change in 2023. You can make it, you can decide in your in your heart and mind, I'm gonna change some things. I'm gonna change some behaviors. I'm gonna change my outlook. And I'm gonna yield myself to, the, to Christ and to the cross and to the word of God. And I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna start doing things differently. The definition, you know, what is that? I can't remember exactly how that's said. Uh, it's doing the same thing over again and expecting the same results. Uh, if you do that, you know, you just keep on doing the same things and think it's gonna be different, it's not. You're just gonna keep on getting the same results. So you need to start over and you need to make a decision today to change your behavior, change your outlook, and you will see different fruit than what you've been receiving. It may take a while. I'm not saying it's not going to be, there's not going to be challenges, but God will get you there and you'll see a change of life. You'll walk in newness of life in Jesus name, but you have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the past, let go of the past, let go of it and reach out to the future. Okay. That's the only way you're going to walk in newness of life. If you dwell on the past, you dwell on everything that's happened to you negatively, and that's the world you want to live in, and you want to keep on regurgitating that, and you want to drag everybody else into that all the time, you're not going to walk in newness of life. You have to let go of it and walk in that newness of life. And if you let go of the past and reach out to the Lord, you'll see a change in your life. There's nothing wrong with recognizing your past. There's nothing wrong with recognizing where you may have made mistakes. There's nothing wrong with recognizing who may have hurt you. But if you do not let go of it and forgive and decide, you know what, I'm moving on in life, you won't move on. You'll stay stagnant and you'll stay right where you're at. And you just become rehashing. You're, just, you're bringing that past into the present and you're just rehashing it over and over and over again. And you'll never walk in newness of life. So you need to let go of that past and reach out. 
And you walk in new beginnings. You walk in resurrection. You walk in that octo that God has for you in Jesus' name. And move forward. Move forward. Now, sometimes you have to back up to move forward. Is that not true? In a car? Sometimes you do have to back up to move forward. So maybe there are some things that you haven't dealt with from the past. But you need to back up. Okay? And not just keep on backing up. Back up. Then move forward. In Jesus' name. That's how you can walk in newness of life. And change must take place. You must decide. You must decide. In 2023, 20, that you're going to make some changes. And you're going to change some behaviors. And you're going to change your outlook. And you'll walk in newness of life. And God will lead you into new things. I'm not Again, I'm not saying everything's going to come up cupcakes and roses tulips and whatever else but you'll be at peace with the Lord and you'll know he's leading you and guiding you but change must take place and when that happens you'll get a refreshing from the Lord a refreshing will come from the Lord and you'll be refreshed and you'll be renewed and you'll be empowered and you'll be strengthened and you'll be able to walk in that new grace remember I told you grace is not only unmerited favor but it's divine enablement it's divine enable. It's his power to, for you to be able to do what God's asked you to do, according to the word of God. And the last point I want to make is God is into restoration. He's into restoring. He's into making things new that were dead. He's a God of restoration. I know it in my life. And you can know it too. I'm not up here talking about things that I don't know. I've lived this. I know it's true. I know what it is to dishonor God. I know what it is to turn my back on God. I know what it is to do the things that God didn't want me to do. But also know what it is for him to come in and restore my life and give me hope again and bring newness of life into my life. And he can do the same for you. In Jesus' name. He's not a respecter of persons, according to Scripture. He's not a respecter of persons. And I just believe that He can come into your life and He can restore what's broken. You may be in grief today. You may be in grief. You may be have just lost love. You may have just lost a, love, uh, a loved one. But God can restore you. It'll take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But you'll walk in the newness of life again. God will, will bring beauty from those ashes and you will walk in newness of life. He's a good God. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of resurrection. And I just believe that for you, my brother and sister, that that will happen for you in Jesus' name. You just hold on. Hold on to the truth of the word of God and, and give it all to the Lord and let go. Just let go. Let go and reach out. Do as they did in the Bible when Jesus was walking the planet. They let go and they reached out and they did not care, you know. Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, they like, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Son of David, have mercy on me. You have to just go after God with your whole heart and just let go of the past and trust Him. And He will make beauty out of those ashes in Jesus name well, I trust that this word has ministered to you today 
um, and and just uh, be set in your spirit and in your mind and go back and watch it again, listen to it again, you know, and let God uh, lead and guide you. That is the most important thing. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to exhibit change in people's lives um, and to see see God do wonderful things uh, in the lives of people and see the kingdom of God be real in the lives of people in Jesus name. I'm going to end this with some prayer and just believe that God will will seal this with his Holy Spirit and use this word to empower you into this coming year. May you enter this year with excitement. May you enter this year with the peace of the Holy Spirit. May you enter this year with the knowledge of the Word of God and with purpose. You're not just running to and fro. But you, you've got confidence in God and you've got confidence that, that He is going to take you to new things and better pastures in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's seal this word in prayer. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for this word, for this teaching, for the truth, God, of new beginnings, of resurrection, of new life, of change, of letting go and allowing you, God, to lead us into a new year. As we say, we get ready to say goodbye to 2022, God. We know we're stepping into 2023, and we trust you just as we trusted you when we stepped out of 2021 into 2022. We trust you again, God, for this new year, that you will take care of us, you will watch over us, you will lead us. You will not lead us into temptation. You will deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for that. You will protect us, you will guide us. When you lead us, you feed us. You promised you would take care of us, Lord, and we trust you, and we give it all to you. I thank you, God, for this truth of your word. May it be sealed in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's watched and will listen and watch in the future. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, my brother and sister, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I pray that this uh, word just gives you hope for this coming year. Uh, we've there's, we've been through a lot over the last few years as a nation, and uh, God's a good God, and things will get better in your life in Jesus' name. I believe with all my heart. I'll be back here in a few weeks, hopefully, um, with a new word from the Lord. I got some things going off in my spirit. I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about yet. God will confirm that to me, and. Uh, Okay. We'll talk about um, faith versus fear. That's what I'm going to talk about next time. Faith versus fear. How you know whether you're walking in faith or whether you're walking in fear. That's what we're going to talk about. And hopefully it'll be in just a couple weeks. Thank you, my brother and sister, for tuning in today, for listening to me on this podcast, watching the recorded videos, wherever you may and however mean you may have heard this. I just pray a blessing on you, my brother and sister. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'll see you in a couple weeks. God bless.